This is the Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Catch Stan every weekday at 2 on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All three division teams losing yesterday, one in unbelievable fashion, one in spectacular fashion, which tells me all I need to know about them, and one in typical fashion, which has caused some unrest. We're going to talk about those games and some other stuff that happened in the NFL yesterday, including the Mike Vrabel decision. Did you watch the game early morning from London, which I hate? I was glad something was on, though. Did you like the Mike Vrabel decision to go for two at the end of the game? One shot, winner take all. I've got a new favorite NFL player. Guy's a hero. They should elect a they should erect a statue to him outside Heinz Field. I'm gonna tell you who that is and why. He's my new guy. Got a trivia question for you today. It involves the NFL. Don't look now, but the Penguins have a four-game point streak. 2-0-2 in Edmonton tomorrow night. Are things beginning to turn around a little bit? Not that they were headed down a rabbit hole or anything, but Mike Lang will join us at 1 o'clock, talk some Penguins hockey. And the Steelers practice today. Their first practice after the few days off they got because of the bye week. And guess who didn't come to dinner? Again. I think I've got a pretty logical explanation. It's not mine, but it makes a lot of sense as to why Le'Veon Bell's still not there. And I thought that there was some boorish behavior in college football this weekend. I'm not a prude, far from it. But some of this stuff is over the top. And by the way, speaking of college football, is this merely just an exhibition season until we get to the point where we hand Alabama the crown? Is that what this is all about? Todd Jokin's going to join us today at 1240, talking some Steelers and some AFC North football. As I mentioned, Mike Lang today at 1 p.m. You are always welcome to comment on any or all of these topics in sequence. 412-922-2874. Pound 970 on your cell. You can email me, stansaverin at iheartmedia.com. You can post on Facebook, Saverin on Sports, or you can tweet at Stan. Love the show. Let me start out by saying that last night on display was one of the big differences between the Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals slash Bungles. Now, every week you play is different. It's not only who you play, it's when you play them. There are always other factors at work, certainly injury, certainly who you played the week before, who you might be playing the following week, and the same for your opponent. I don't want to use the phrase, if I was a betting man, because the truth is, I used to be a betting man. Until I realized in great futility that ultimately, the man ends up vacationing 
the winters in Florida while I shovel my driveway. There's a reason. But I was as convinced as anything that the Bengals were going to get trounced last night in Kansas City for any number of reasons. Their history on Sunday night football, you saw the graphics. I gave them to you a couple of weeks ago. On the road, 0-8 under Marvin Lewis. I did not think that the Bengals would be able to rebound from a tough loss to the Steelers. I thought Kansas City coming off a loss, a tough loss, would be fired up, playing at home. And sure enough, not that that takes any genius, I expected a blowout. And here's the difference. And the Steelers are not a great football team. How good they are is still up for debate. Let's be honest. Time will prove that or disprove it one way or the other. But when the Bengals got down last night, maybe not 7 nothing, but at 14 nothing, they came back and scored. But when it then became 21 nothing toward the end of the first half, what did they do? Greg, what did the Bengals do? They quit. They quit. No character. All hat. No cattle. At least the Steelers, and yeah, there's a difference. I mean, Cincinnati was playing on the road in Kansas City. And the Steelers were at home. But when they fell behind 21 nothing, what did they do? They fought back. They came back to time at 21. They came back to time at 28. Didn't win, and I suppose that's all that matters. But you know what? It's not all that matters. Bengals quit. And I don't see him finishing any higher than third in this division. And I don't see him beating Baltimore again either. Speaking of Baltimore, even though the Saints rallied for 17 unanswered points to take the lead in that game, I have to say that the I had doubts about the Ravens' defense. I know all the numbers and all the sacks – 11 last week against Tennessee. I still wondered, well, how good are they really? And it's really odd of me to say this, given the fact that Drew Drew Brees lit him up for 24, but I'm more impressed with the Baltimore defense now than I was before the game. I mean, it's pretty amazing when you stop and think about it that up until yesterday, the Ravens' defense had not allowed a touchdown in the second half of any game. But you look at the opponents they played and so on and so forth, including Pittsburgh, which was a mess that day, but in large part it was due to the Baltimore defense. 
but I think that they're better than I gave him credit for, even though Breeze lit them up. And you can see why that New Orleans offense is ranked number one. And it's not just because of Drew Brees. It's because they can run the ball, and they can run it with two backs. That sound familiar to you? I have to tell you a little personal story. I won't, I won't give you all the details on the Baltimore. No, I, <laughs> I better not. <laughs> I told Greg, he's laughing at me through the glass. That's why. I'm at home. Great day. 930 I got all my errands out of the way Saturday. Great day, Sunday, beginning at 9.30. I don't like the games in London. I don't. I wish they didn't have them, but okay, it was on. Turns out to be a good game. I was actually rooting a bit for Tennessee, not that I have anything against the Chargers. Dan Potash will never forgive me, even though he's out in Banff now or Edmonton, wherever they are. But I thought, I'm going to root for the team that has the worst record. In other words, if the Steelers get involved in some kind of a tie-break situation, uh, I would want to bring the Chargers back to the pack a little bit and take my chances with Tennessee and all that, whatever. So football and, you know, the 1 o'clock game, I got some comments about that. I got a comment on a lot of different games, which we'll get to next segment the Patriot game and the, against the Bears and all that. But the Baltimore game, I'm watching the game, and I'm annoyed when Baltimore drives back and scores the game-tying touchdown, he said prematurely. So I'm watching the game, and I see Baltimore score, and you know, just lickety-split. They'd been stuffing them the entire second half, then boom, 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 it's 24-23. At that point, there was another room in the house that was calling my name. I'll leave it at that. But I wanted to see if the Saints were going to be able to shut down the Ravens. So I waited, and then when they scored the touchdown, I figured, well, I'll just run along, and I'll be back in time, the extra point, and then there'll be, you know, the timeout, and then there'll be the coin toss and all that kind of stuff. When I got back, I looked at the screen, and he missed the extra point. Of all people, Justin Tucker is the best kicker in the game. There isn't one kicker that I would take over Justin Tucker. His conversion rate for extra points is 222 attempted, 222 made. Until yesterday, he never missed an extra point. Now, I know that covers before they moved it back to the the 23, made it a 33-yard kick. I was stunned. Who wasn't stunned? That was Justin Tucker, you heard. And who knows what happens? You get an overtime. What happens in a game like that? But if that wasn't an omen 
of what was going to be a good day from the Steelers without them even lifting a finger other than to pick up a beverage of choice, that had to be it. Somewhere the gods were looking down on the Steelers. Again, we don't know what would have happened in overtime, certainly. Maybe the team that wins the coin toss gets the ball first, wins the game. But as it is, the Ravens never got that chance. And so you never want to lose at home. And New Orleans is a good team. Frankly, they're better than I thought they might be. Two reasons. Their defense has gotten better despite giving up that last drive. What is it about last drives? What is it that changes? Bengals pull one off. Steelers pull one off. New Orleans pulls one off. Ravens come right back. I don't know. Is it a matter of prevent? Because the thing about the Saints, they can run the ball. They've got two good backs. You know about the quarterback. That does not mean the Steelers are the favorite to win that division. I don't think that the case at all but I will say this and I'd like your opinion is there anything you saw yesterday that would make you believe that the Steelers at the very least aren't as good as the two teams Nothing I saw yesterday tells me that, oh, no, beware the Ravens. Oh, no, beware the Bengals. The Steelers have to get better in a lot of different areas. But then again, so do those other two teams. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Mariota looking around, end zone, tipped and incomplete. They did a good job covering it. I should have done a better job maybe extending the play, knowing it's the last play. Um, there's definitely more I wish I could have done. Uh, with that being said, they did a good job of covering and making a play. Well, however the play was executed, the question is, should it have been called? Get the scenario, Tennessee scores the tying, what would have been the tying touchdown, with just a couple seconds left in the game. Down a point, 20 to 19, extra point, off you go into overtime. Although, you know, we saw what happened with Justin Tucker, but still, I'm taking my chances. Mike Vrabel decides to go for two. Winner take all. Not only was the attempt not good and he loses the game, he got a reprieve. The first time there was a penalty on the Chargers. So presumably, well, now you're moving in from the two to the one. But he still tries a pass. But whatever the play, I don't like the decision. Certainly after you failed once, I'm going to say, yeah, I know I'm a yard closer, but I'll take my chances, and here's why. Tennessee dominated that game in the second half. They controlled the ball. They ran the ball. They kept 
Phillip Rivers on the sideline. And the truth is that the Chargers, two touchdowns were just long bombs. Nothing wrong with that. They still count six points for a touchdown, but they weren't able to move the ball. They had no sustained offense whatsoever. The Chargers' defense looked beaten. With that in mind, I'm taking my chances. Kicking the extra point and going to overtime. Now, I know that sounds like hindsight being 20-20. But even if Tennessee executes the extra point and wins it, I don't like the call. Given the circumstance of the game. They were dominating the Chargers. They were running the ball. They were physically beating them to death. I realize that Phillip Rivers could throw a bomb again. But I know this, if I don't make the extra point, I never get to find out. Now my new favorite player in the NFL You probably never heard of him. Not even when the Chiefs played here. Who knows about offensive guards who won't on, aren't on your team? But my guy is Andrew Wiley, Kansas City Chief Offensive Lineman. Why, you say? Well, if you watched the game last night, you probably saw it. On one of many long runs, I believe it was one of Kareem Hunt's long runs, and isn't he terrific? Players are running down the field. Vontez Burfick, by the way, again, he is, aside from the other stuff, he's so overrated. I'm sorry. He's so overrated. Once again, as Kareem Hunt runs by him, he's jogging down the field, and tepid pursuit and as he's as he's running down here comes offensive lineman Andrew Wiley of the Chiefs and he sees that it's perfect and he elbows him right in the back and knocks him down and what he was saying is hey jag off we weren't even involved and we don't like you and we don't like what you do I talked about this last week unless and until other players in the league, not from the team that was assaulted by Burfick, until they come out and say something or do something, this thug is going to continue. Now, we do understand that along with the fines of 112000 he was sent a letter and said, if there's any further actions, there will be a suspension forthcoming. Why they felt they needed to warn him with a fine, I mean, How many banks do you have to rob before they say, uh, we think you're a bank robber? But Andrew Wiley did the NFL some good. Because I said before, until the Players Union or the members of the Players Union stand up and say, hey, unacceptable. It's not going to stop. Andrew Wiley should have been a penalty, but you know what? That would have been worth every yard of the 15 he would have gotten. It was great. (laughs) 
And then Burfecht's on his knees, and he's pleading to the official. Hey, didn't you see that? That's a penalty. He hit me illegally. Talk about irony. That bum begging for fairness. Oh, sweet. Andrew Wiley, I don't have a vote, but I'm voting for you for all pro. In fact, I'm voting for you for the Hall of Fame. We had Bounty Gate. Maybe there ought to be another one on Bontez Perfect. 412-922-2874, pound 970. The sarcastic sword joins us on Saverin on Sports. Hello, sword. Hey, Stan. Uh, as you mentioned, a great day for the Steelers. Besides them getting the chance to rest, it was a great day. Hey, uh, as far as the Ravens go, uh, yeah, they're pretty impressive. I, I don't think they've taken a real big step forward from when they beat the Steelers, but I think the Steelers have taken a few steps forward. So that game in another week or so is going to be uh, going to be very interesting as to you know what the Steelers have, how they've made up. Uh, from the show they had when they first played. That's going to be interesting. But Flacco, I always thought, as he, if you can pressure that guy, when he gets out of the pocket, uh, he's not real, real effective, and that's that's what has to be done. Yep. You know, I held my breath on the onside kick. I thought Tucker within seconds may have a chance to redeem himself if by chance the Ravens recover that onside kick and one play and he's in range. He's still one of the greatest weapons in the league and always kind of worrying when they Ravens get in their half field with that guy and I'm sure he's won them enough games to not get too much criticism for what happened. But I think I read um, not only about his extra point stats, but he has won 12, uh, 12 um, games uh, at the buzzer, uh, at the yep. gun. Um, yep. yeah, he's, he's, he's the best kicker in the league. Uh, and and uh, I mean I'm sure he feels terrible, but I um, I I would be I'd be loath to find a talk show host or a writer who ripped him this morning after all he's done. He is human yeah. after all. Didn't seem like it, but he yeah. is human after all. No, he didn't look human when his eyes popped out. Yeah, <laughs> somebody pushed him back in. But I'm sure no one's complaining about his contract or thinking about getting rid of him. He's he's a heck of a weapon. Lastly, Mike Brabel always liked the guy. Always was disappointed when the Steelers couldn't find a niche for him on uh, on the defense, just his physicality and his size. But the one thing I might disagree with this, Stan, I, I, I didn't see the whole game like you did. I just seen the ending. But one thing you know for sure is that you're a yard or two away from winning the game. You have that as a definite uh, what happens after that from the coin toss on and overtime is up in the air. You may not even get down near there to, to get a chance, and that's all conjecture. But what you know for sure is if we can get this thing into the end zone, we win this ball game. And being a former player like you was uh, uh, and a very good one, I just uh, – I can't uh, can't argue that it's just I, I, I give him credit for going for it. Uh, uh, I, I just can't. Um, I understand he's trying to establish, hey, we're aggressive. we got a new attitude around here. He was a tough player. Um, he knows something about offense because he caught all those touchdown passes on the goal line. But um, uh, if, if you get me to moderate my stance just a little bit, 
then I would moderate it by saying, okay, once you get a second life, a second breath, because of the penalty on the first attempt, go with your best stuff. You've got two really good running backs. Your offensive line has totally dominated the Chargers. Um, and hey, I, I, Marcus Mariota's fine, then run an option with him. But a straight yeah. drop back, you know, if that's the case, then give the ball to Henry, you know, give the ball to, to Deion Lewis, who had a heck of a ball game, and, and do it that way. I still don't like the decision. I don't. Um, may, I'm, and I'm not conservative by nature at all, um, but I think there's a time to gamble. To me, that's not one of them. But if you, at least if you're going to do that, then go with your best weapon. I'm sure they work all week and say, look, if we go for two, here is the list of plays we're going to use. And I would imagine that was one of them. But I also think you have to take into account, uh, as Bill Cower was saying afterward, the flow of the game. They were running yeah. the ball like crazy. They were beating them up. Go to your strength. Just don't go to the list that you worked on all week. Well, I, I don't doubt the decision to go, but I do doubt the play he called. I, I like to spread it out, go outside, or Mariota option, whatever. Spread it out, open the line up. you got more options. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, but I don't disagree with the, uh, the choice to go with the play. I wonder what they're saying in Nashville. They're probably still mad about the Predators losing to the Penguins. They don't care. <laughs> Thanks, Sword. Thank you, Stan. All right, take care. I have one more comment uh, about the games yesterday. If you are attention Chicago Bears and attention Mitch Trubisky, who, by the way, was awful yesterday. Second-year guy, okay, not writing him off. If you are going to throw a Hail Mary, make sure it goes into the end zone. Now, maybe that's all he had left in his arm. I don't know. I don't know if the wind was against him. To me, that's kind of lucky on the part of the Patriots. I mean, it's lucky anytime you complete one of those. But if you're going to do that, make sure the damn ball's in the end zone so there's no question. That could have been an AFC-defining issue. Although, again, that Eastern Division is so bad that it, it doesn't matter. Just a matter of home field and that kind of thing, and you know, imagine that if the Patriots lose that game. Steelers are a half game. Well, actually, a half percentage points ahead of them, too. Long way to go. We'll talk some Steeler AFC North football with Ton Chilkin. Next on Saverin on Sports ESPN Pittsburgh. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio. Second and goal. Breeze, the throw, the catch, and touchdown, Michael Thomas. The more ways you can find a win, the more confidence you build, the more momentum you feel like you have. And then there's no situation that you encounter where you feel like you, you, you can't win. Well, the Saints looked like they were kind of dead meat there, didn't they? The Baltimore Ravens' defense had not allowed a touchdown in the second half of any game this year. And Drew Brees came out and won the game with some help from Justin Tucker, uh, also, which should be mentioned. We're joined by Tunch Oaken. He had a bye week yesterday, and Tunch, um, the Steelers ought to have more Sundays like that. Don't even, you know, you don't get hurt. You just sit around and uh, you gain ground, end up in first place. 
Um, what do you take from yesterday's activities vis-a-vis the Steelers' place in the division, not only where they're at today, but you know the competition between the, the, the Bengals and the Ravens? You know, uh, Stan, I think what it uh, shows you is how fickled uh, the NFL is or how erratic. Um, you know, it, it, you, you, you look at uh, the standings and, uh, you know, Two weeks ago, Cincinnati was one of the hottest teams in the National Football League. And one of the things that, uh, you know, you've heard me say several times over and over again is that the landscape of the NFL changes every four weeks. And, and we're seeing that reality now. You know, the 2-1 uh, two, two part of 3-2-1 uh, two, two weeks ago or three weeks ago, those two losses and that one tie was almost devastating for Steelers fans. All of a sudden, now it doesn't look too bad, and uh, and especially with the fact that you've got Cleveland coming up this week, and then uh, the Ravens uh, the week after, uh, you are now in the heart of the Steelers season. And in what I'm seeing from the Steelers is they're starting to uh, start to uh, play their their good football now. I don't want to say their best football now, but they're playing the really good they're playing really good football now and i think uh it's fun to watch uh it's and it's the anticipation of what's going to transpire over the next few weeks and obviously uh down the the last 10 games they've got some really tough opponents uh you know the ravens at home are never easy you've got new orleans in new orleans that's never easy you've got carolina coming here and uh, you got new england coming here so it's going to be fun to watch uh undoubtedly um, a couple things about the Bengals and, and the Ravens. Um, the thing about the Bengals is um, I was not shocked. In fact, I predicted that they would get run out of the building. Um, but the one thing that, I, and again, uh, the Steelers are not a good football team right now. Time will tell whether they are or they aren't. But the one distinct difference, uh, and I realized that the Steelers were at home at the time, the Bengals were on the road, but when the Bengals got down late in the second quarter, 21-7, I knew they would get run out of the building. Right. The Steelers fell behind 21 nothing and fought back to tie at 21, then again at 28. Um, and to me, uh, a loss is a loss is a loss, but there's more to it than that. And that, to me, is typical Bengals football. Um, the, the, there's a character issue there, it seems to me. Yeah, I, you know, they. I, I don't know if they have that um, kind of that mindset, uh-oh, here we go again. You know, uh, sometimes that can get into the collective uh, minds of, of, of a football team. And uh, and also, you know, I just don't, you know, I, I, I don't think that, the Bengals have ever really scared me. They they're not a they're not a frightful team. They're they're you know they've played some really really good football over the years, and we've watched them, and we've and and the, that's been part of it. But uh, at, at no point and before last night's game did I think that the uh, Bengals had a chance. I just you know this is you know the Chiefs are playing really really good football, and it's not unusual for the Chiefs to to play well in the first half of the season. Yeah. But they look different, you know. They they don't, you know. The uh, the Patrick the the kid Patrick Mahomes is doing stuff that I would have never fathomed he could do. I, I, I you know the 
what is it, 22 touchdown passes? Oh my goodness! And I was and and I was one of those naysayers that said, oh. What are they doing trading Alex Smith for? They need to keep him one year, more year, let Mahomes develop. Boy, was I wrong. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, uh, uh, it, it's, it's interesting to see the development of, of the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. Tunch is our guest on Saverin on Sports. Don't forget Tunch and Wolf, uh, Wolf each weekday, 10 until noon. Uh, Tunch, my, I've got a favorite new player um, in the NFL – and of all the football I watched yesterday, one play stood out to me. I don't know how much of the game you watched last night, um, but there was a, a nice Kareem Hunt run. He's, he's a terrific back. And um, he left our boy Vontez in the dust. And as Vontez was in tepid pursuit, um, Andrew Wiley, an offensive lineman, you'll appreciate this, just casually ran by and elbowed perfect and knocked him to the ground on his way down to where the ball was. Uh And and nobody saw it. And to me, that was a shot across the bow from another NFL player whose team was not targeted, um, but he was saying, hey, we don't need you or your kind in the league. Um, I really think it's going to take players to tell Vontez Burfick no more. It's not acceptable. If the league won't do it, They've got to take matters into their own hands, and Andrew Wiley did. Yeah, you know, Stan, and uh, you were obviously have been part of uh, of the National Football League since the seventies. Um, but we always did that into the eighties and nineties. We took care of our own. I don't know. In our day, it wasn't uh, um, to say that's not going to be tolerated. It was, okay, you took a shot at my guy, I'm taking a shot at you. Uh, you know, when we played the, um, uh, the Oilers in 87, 88, and 89, uh, you know, those Jerry Glanville teams, they did, you know, they took liberties with the rules. And so we felt it was our job uh, to police our guy, you know, to protect our guys and so we did that and uh it was just it was part of the game but we did it because hey you can't we're not gonna let you take a shot at our guy we're gonna make sure uh to take a shot at, at you um in the way you've uh put it it's like today you know there uh there's no room for that kind of play in the national football league so i'm not really sure if these guys are doing it because uh, of a retaliatory uh, standpoint, or is uh, or is uh, you know, look, we know the, we know the kind of player you are, and there's no room uh, for you in the National Football League. By the way, I found this very very hu- uh, humorous, and I, I retweeted it. Apparently, there's a Bengals fan who is trying to raise money online to pay for Vontez Burfick's fines. So far, he has gotten a donation of five dollars. <laughs> I don't think uh, he, I don't think he's going to make the hundred and twelve grand. Do you? Oh man, I don't think so either. <laughs> but you know, if, if you're Vontez Perfect, at some point, do you say, "Boy, I'm giving a lot of my money," or or do you just say, "Hey, I'm giving my money to charity"? Uh, <laughs> you know, there's and, and, there's easier ways to do it, and that's right. tax deductible. Right. Right. Uh, <laughs> so, oh, that's that's unbelievable. Um, the one thing about the Ravens, and of course you got the Browns, and then a pivotal game against Baltimore. It's rather ironic. Um, 
I wondered how, exactly how good is this Ravens defense. I know what they did to the Steelers. But even though Drew Brees semi-lit them up in the second half, the first touchdowns they've given up in the second half this year, I actually came away with more respect for the Baltimore defense, even in light of Drew Brees scoring against them. Yeah, I, I, I agree. That That is a good defense. Uh, you know, they still, uh, you know, have got the, the pass rushers. You know, Darius Smith has really improved from last year's uh, stand. Uh, last year, he was a little bigger, probably 10 to 12 pounds heavier. Uh, was very, very physical. Was one of those guys that beat the uh, offensive lineman that he was playing against um, pretty regularly, but he just couldn't get to the quarterback. He just couldn't get to the ball carrier this year. Uh, that's changed. Uh, he is physical. He's got a very explosive pass rush moves from the club to the rip to the bull rush. He is very, very explosive. Uh, it helps to have uh, uh, Terrell Suggs on the other side, and then you've got Matthew Judon uh, rotating in. He's another big outside linebacker. They, you know, um, tradition in Pitt, in uh, uh, Baltimore rather is having those uh, tweeners. You know, they're uh, they're big, they're big outside linebackers or the defensive ends, but they they love to kind of change those guys back and run. And you get Tim Williams, who's now starting to get up the, uh, you know, start becoming more of a, of a factor, a contributor. And then you got obviously C.J. Mosley in the middle, and he is just, you know he is one of those thumpers. He's old school. He's he's got the speed to run. He's very physical. He's downhill. So yeah, you know I think you know they got Pierce and Brandon Williams on the inside. You know they they have uh, all the ingredients that you would need, and uh, uh, you know their secondary is not bad either. So uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that you know they're a good football team. The Steelers are going to have that were cut out for them when they go into Baltimore, and that's never an easy place to win either. No, it's not. <clears throat> and um, uh, they need uh, this win against Cleveland very badly to set uh, set all that up. Tunch, thank you very much for the time. Hope you enjoyed it and got well rested during the bye week. I know you and Wolf are back at it. You'll be back tomorrow morning at 10. And as always, look forward to talking again next Monday. All right, thanks, Dan. Have a great day. <clears throat> all right, Tunch, you too. Thank you so much. Tunch Oaken, Tunch and Wolf. 10 until noon. The Saverin on Steelers podcast from Steelers Nation Radio.